Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. This week on Highways Voices, we talk about equipping our people with the right skills for the job and inspiring the next generation. It's an exciting place. You just turn up and you feel like you're in the midst of a really modern environment with digital at the forefront you then put people on 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 the actual real equipment and they start thinking crikey these cabs and this machinery these days it's pretty sophisticated and it's really comfortable then they start seeing what sort of salaries they can earn in the industry and they think crikey this is a really attractive place to be we find out all about the operator skills hub this week bit of classroom and lots of hands-on experience detailed in the next half hour on Highways Voices. Highways Voices, in association with partner organisations, the Transport Technology Forum, ITS UK, Elkrig and Adept. Balfour BT and Flannery Plant Hire tell all about the Operator Skills Hub shortly here on Highways Voices after we've checked some of the must-read stories currently up top on highwaysnews.com with Adrian Tatum. Gallifer Tri has announced that its highways business has rebranded as Gallifer Tri Infrastructure, reflecting the advancement of its strategic priorities moving forward. Under the leadership of Managing Director David Lowry, the business has developed a high-performing capability in the highway sector, enabling it to provide a broad range of proposition in its adjacent markets. Gallifer Tri Infrastructure will maintain a focus on core highways offering, enhancing the portfolio with urban multimodal transport schemes that embrace lower carbon travel choices. The name change reflects the growth of the business to develop expertise across the wider UK infrastructure market and comes off the back of a recent company realignment. And elsewhere, plans to support active travel in Glasgow have received an £8.6 million funding boost. The funding will go towards a range of measures that include building more active travel infrastructure across the city, expanding the city's bike hire network, improving crossing facilities for the visually impaired and developing resident cycling skills. The £8.6 million award draws on the three separate funding schemes backed by the Scottish Government through Transport Scotland. These are the Active Transformation Fund, Cycling, Walking and Safer Routes and Smarter Choices, Smarter Places. And while reducing motorway speed limits has potential to improve air quality, further studies are needed to understand how drivers respond to these schemes, according to a policy report released by the University of Birmingham. Researchers in the Natural Environment Research Council funded Transition Clean Air Network and West Midlands Air Quality Improvement Programme reviewed research evidence on the relationship between traffic speed, air quality, health, including computer modelling and real-world studies. Speed limit reduction schemes are of interest in the UK as measured to reduce air pollutant emissions from road transport with those living near major roads at increased risk of air pollution-related health harms. And don't forget you'll get all those stories and so many more on highways-news.com. We're on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. And you can sign up to our daily email into your inbox every lunchtime. Swaco improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer, quicker, more convenient and environmentally sound. From software-as-a-service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too, find out how Swarco can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. Swarco, the better way every day. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. This week on Highways Voices, we revisit the subject of skills and development. Now, in 2021, Balfour Beatty joined forces with Flannery Plant Hire to launch the Operator Skills Hub, offering innovative training programmes to inspire young people into the industry and to upskill current plant operators in the UK. 
Two years on, has it been successful and who has it helped? Adrian Tatum found out more about it from Aaron Davis, Head of Skills and Training for Flannery Plant Hire, Steve Crofts, Balfour BT Health, Safety and Environment Director of Major Projects, Highways and Investments, and first, Andy Ormrod, MD of Balfour BT's Asset and Technology Solutions Business, who he asked how the idea came about and why it was needed. The Operator Skills Hub, I suppose it was partly my idea and partly Pat Flannery's idea. And, you know, we we collaborated really well a couple of years ago. And we were both looking at the industry and the challenges that we face. And we're both wrestling with skills shortages, the HS2 contract about to uh, be kicked off in the Birmingham area. And it was also at a time where there was a lot of uncertainty around Bircham Newton, which had been the historical home for training in our industry for, for, for many years. And so we said, well, come on, let's take a lead and let's have a bit of a leap of faith and, and start controlling our own destiny when it comes to skills. And we've had a fantastic, a fantastic two years. We established the Skills Hub in Birmingham, as I say, a couple of years ago. We've trained something like 3,000 workers, 40 apprentices. We've done 400 management supervision courses, people plant interface training, competency assessments, all sorts of training interventions that's helped us, if you like, take control and deliver skills, social value, links with local schools and colleges. It's been a really big success for us. And it was absolutely tremendous last year to be recognised by Construction News as the training excellence provider across the whole of the UK. So, you know, it's a great innovation. It's absolutely part of our DNA now. And I'm very, very proud to be associated with it. We've got Aaron Davis from Flannery, who's our joint venture partner. So, Aaron, I don't know what you go back two years and sort of bring it up to up to date. What do you think? As Andy just said there, you know, Andy Ormrod and Patrick Flannery you know, had this vision for the, for the Operator Skills Hub. And if you look over the last two years, I think one of the key successes of the collaboration is you've, you've got Bow for BT, obviously, you know, large civil engineering specialist, tier one contractor status. Then you've got, you know, Flannery, plant hire, like I say, plant hire, whether that's self-drive or operated. And, and those two viewpoints, yeah, those two different understandings of the industries and the different pushes and pulls and needs, not only of clients, but of different sectors. I think that collaboration and partnership has, has allowed both businesses to drive forward, work with organisations such as you know, National Highways to say, right, what are the challenges we're facing now? What do we need to do to you know, future-proof ourselves, both from a, like I say, a large tier one contractor viewpoint and also you know, ourselves as a, as a plant hire business? You know, what are those challenges? What are the pushes and pulls? What are the solutions then? And again, a lot of those solutions are obviously you know, led by both our clients, also clients coming to work with us and innovate with the operator skills hub and then it's been taking that out you know to the wider market so it hasn't been a, a selfish offer where Balfour's and flannery through the operator skills Hub have kept it to ourselves we've actively gone and worked with client organizations and we've actually gone and worked with various other jvs so you know balfour bt vancy bbv on hs2 we're also working with uh, ekfb so farge Kier, for overall bam on that section of hs2 and then again, we're working with a whole other host of you know, contractors, whether it's Lang O'Rourke with their select lifting division and others. So it really has been going out to market, asking people what they want. There, again, a lot of businesses are suffering the, the, the same things that, that we as businesses are suffering with competent operators coming through. How do we train the next generation? How do we attract the next generation? and the investment needed for that. So that's that's been the success of the Operator Skills Hub. I just want to focus a bit on, on, on that last point you made there about 
attracting people to the industry. This has been a huge problem for well, well over a decade, if if beyond that. So there's a certain perception, for example, of if you take the highway sector, there's a certain perception of what that is to people, whether they're at school, college, university, or the general public that witness our work as we go about that. So what have you done in terms of trying to improve the perception of of the industry and 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 get people attracted to this industry in the first place? We've been pretty innovative in the way that we've put things out on Facebook and and social media and interacted with local schools and colleges in the Birmingham area. We've got an action-packed set of training programs. There's loads of digital innovation. We we get people on simulators. It's an exciting place. You just turn up and you feel like you're in the midst of a really modern environment with digital at the forefront you then put people on 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 the actual real equipment and they start thinking crikey these cabs and this machinery these days it's pretty sophisticated and it's really comfortable then they start seeing what sort of salaries they can earn in the industry and they think crikey this is a really attractive place to be and, and to work we've just run our second women in construction open day and each time we've run one of these we've had something like 60 to 70 women who've come in on a Saturday with no prior experience whatsoever and thought, crikey, this is this really is a viable proposition for me in terms of a career change, a, you know, a means of getting involved in something that's really exciting. And actually, it's, it's not mud and bullets, if you like, on a construction site. It's pretty professional. And the environment in which we work in modern cabs of equipment, you'd be surprised if you sat in a machine these days. It's like being in a, a Range Rover rather than a, a rickety... Uh, piece of metal so so we've been really really encouraged by the new people that we've managed to attract from schools from colleges we're trying to uh, address the gender gap or historical gender gap and bring women into the industry and we've had some successes there and yeah we've got accolades and and the accolades that we get for the skills sub only helps us attract more and more people because they think crikey this is this is the place to come if we want a an exciting modern career in the uh, in the organization so i think we've done a lot to attract people into the industry at a time when you know there really are massive skills shortages with so much government backed infrastructure uh, on the agenda you've got to be on your game to attract the best people what do you think aaron there's two offers that we've got as the operator skills up to attract new entrants into the industry, you know, career changes or the returners that have been you know, recently mentioned in the budget. We've got this lot absolutely state of the art, fantastic facility at Birmingham as the original operator skills. I mean, look, that, that, you know, that was a huge capital commitment from Balfour Beatty and Flannery. And look, when you come here, you know, it's modern, it's sleek, it's got all the latest equipment. So look, whether we're talking about simulators and we've got three sat here all those simulators then have got all the various different machine control and gps packages out on the market you then go out to the back to the practical plant training area we've got the latest plant so only just recently doesn't matter if it's gps machine control systems now real hot topic you know on trend not just with clients but with their own businesses is human form recognition systems so again we've now got human form recognition systems fitted to the equipment at the operator skills hub. So those new entrants coming in, the career changes, the returners, even people coming to upskill, they're using the latest technology, the latest equipment, yeah, that they will find out out on live live projects. The beauty of that is that is quite an attractive offer. You then roll in the community engagement, the schools engagement. We've actively got a full-time team, okay, who engage with third education colleges. 
We've worked directly with the Department for Education and were successful. The first ever, if you like, employer-led skills boot camp, which is an initiative for two to 16-week training courses, part funded by the Department for Education. So we attracted 400 funded spaces in a pilot. So that's allowed us to go out to those hard-to-reach communities, whether it's women, people from the BAME communities and elsewhere. And we've got now a training offer that in some instances is fully funded allowing us to tap into the skills areas required, go to people and say, well, look, have you considered a career in construction? And it doesn't matter if the school leavers, like I say, women into construction events. The other offer that we've got, which again is supported by that skills bootcamp funded offer from the Department for Education is, we've got a mobile solution. So we've got two Formula One exhibition trailers that both host three simulators and a 16-seater classroom in each, so we can tow those facilities around the UK, either use them as project-specific or temporary mobile training solutions. In addition to that, then, we've got two Luton vans that both contain a six-seater classroom with a simulator that we can literally deploy very flexibly wherever we want. So we've got, look, a real good, if you like, hub, and then that hub-and-spoke operation going forward, where hopefully we'll grow the operator skills of brand as projects require around the UK, it means we really are in the best place to engage the talent that the industry needs to sustain itself moving forward. If I just chip in as well, so Steve Croft, uh, HSES director from Balfour Beatty, both uh, Aaron and, and Andy touched on on the point that actually a lot of what we're doing is teaching those coming through the uh, the academy how actually things are quite safe for them, and it might be something that they don't perceive looking from the outside. They might think that working in construction is quite a dangerous job, and, and no one wants to go into a career that they think will actually end in harm to them. Through demonstrating that the, the focus that we put on on health and safety, the fact that you know, as, as Aaron mentioned there, the human form recognition, the fact that we're right uh, ahead of the game on that, um, right leading the the whole industry to to get that in and actually improve and continue to make things safer. I think we we help to you know make the industry more attractive to people as well. Steve Crofts from Balfour Beatty there, and you've also heard from his colleague Andy Ormerod and from Aaron Davis from Flannery Plant Hire. You'll hear more from them after we've caught up with the latest going on with our podcast partners. Highways Voices with the latest news and events from our partner organisations Elkrig, Adept, the Transport Technology Forum and ITS UK. The Transport Technology Forum and Traffic Open Products and Specifications Group Topaz have committed to work together to develop and implement new traffic signal standards and guidance. One of the key roles of Topaz is to bridge current and future technologies being tasked with developing and maintaining specifications for traffic control equipment. This helps ensure new technologies and uses are developed in such a way that they can build on existing technology and implementation. Meanwhile, the TTF sets out the future aims and goals of government and provides scope for development of traffic technology to implement these aims, providing assistance to local authorities and others for successful transition to the future. The two bodies say that by working together, they can help technology professionals, suppliers and the user community better understand the potential for technology to deliver enhanced road transport services and thus be able able to optimise the development and deployment of new data and connected traffic control services. A reminder that the conference part of the Elkrig Innovation Festival will hear about skills, emerging technology, maintenance solutions and the latest innovations. The event, which takes place on the 4th and 5th of July at Newark Showground, 
brings together local authorities, central government, the supply chain, associations and academia. The overarching theme for this year's event is showcasing emerging technology and maintenance solutions. And you'll hear from a panel that will be made up of Matthew Eglinton, Head of Local Highways, Maintenance, Innovation and Resilience, Local Infrastructure at the Department for Transport, Darren Capes, Manager of the Transport Technology Forum and ITS Policy Lead at the DFT, along with representatives from Innovate UK and the Centre for Connected and Autonomous Vehicles. Adept and its partners in the Blueprint Coalition are calling on every political party to commit to empowering local authorities through devolving funding streams. As part of a series of asks, the Coalition believes the only way to deliver quality public transport and affordable bus services is to devolve decision-making to local transport authorities. And with emergency post-pandemic bus funding coming to an end, securing long-term stable funding is becoming critical, especially for those who need public transport most. The Blueprint Coalition includes government organisations, environmental groups and research institutions and advocates for the importance of local leadership to address carbon emissions, adapt to the impacts of climate change and restore nature. More information about the Blueprint Coalition can be found on the ADEPT website. And talking of political parties, ITS UK has welcomed cross-party recognition on the importance and value of transport technology solutions following its parliamentary reception last week. The reception saw speeches from Transport Innovation and Decarbonisation Minister Jesse Norman, Lib Dem Transport Spokesperson Baroness Randerson and Shadow Business and Industry Minister Bill Esterson, all of whom highlighted the value of technology in ensuring the UK has a low-carbon, integrated and effective transport system. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. Now let's go back to Adrian and the chat about the Operator Skills Hub. And take me through the the process now. So I'm a young person. I'm interested in construction, in infrastructure and highways potentially. I don't quite know which one of those sectors I, I want to go in at the moment. But I know I'm interested in this program. So I joined the program. What's 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 the process and how do you design the program? Is it designed individually to output certain job roles and certain functions at the end, or does it depend on the individual? Aaron, do you do you want to pick that one up? I mean, there's a wide range of uh, programs, Adrian, that we offer from uh, one day refresher courses to uh, you know full blown multi week uh, apprenticeship programs. What I would say before Aaron kicks in with some of the detail, if somebody comes to the hub, we are absolutely the best two organisations to uh, to provide a permanent employment at the end. If somebody is safe, professional, competent, committed, they'll get a job because in Balfour, between Balfour Beatty and Flannery, Flannery are the biggest you know operated plant hire company in the UK, and Balfour Beatty the biggest biggest contractor between us we're shouting out for for for, for new skills and new talent and anybody who's got the credentials that comes out of the uh, the process we can find them a job where um, you can't guarantee it but it's highly likely that we can find them a job and uh, i think that's why that's you know coming back to the previous question about about the attraction to young people is that if they come out and they are professional, they're competent, they're disciplined, they're committed, we'll get them a job at the end of it. And I think that's been probably our biggest success. And and the word of mouth that that that, that, that then creates, you know, more and more people come to us. We sort of stop needing to advertise in many respects because we get inundated with requests to come and uh, join the programme. And indeed, just recently, 
you know, the people down at, at Sizewell, the nuclear power station, they heard about us and wanted to come and visit and uh, and we're now talking to them about a programme over on the East Coast in partnership with a local college. I think if you're successful at things, you do get noticed. The success breeds more success. And I think one of the problems that we now have for the for the skills hub is capacity. And that's why we're, as Aaron said, that's why we're beginning to build the mobile offering and additional offerings in the south of the country, further north and in Scotland. So we've got a big agenda for upskilling a new entrance in because the industry is at, a, is at a point where it needs more and more people. But the particular question about what sort of skills, what sort of courses that we do, Aaron's perhaps better place to answer that. There's two keys here. One, what is it that, that clients are after? So Stephen touched on earlier, is that due to you know potential safety issues or perceived um, safety issues you know, in, in risk liability? So we'll have clients say, look, we'd like a course to tackle X, Y, and Z. We'd like all our operators to be able to do this. We'd like our supervisors to come and do a utility avoidance course because we've got quite high instances of cable strike, as example. So for us as the Operator Skills Hub, the, the start of the journey a lot of times is actually sitting down with either clients or organisations who are leading on these subjects or sitting down with contractors and saying, right, what problem are you trying to solve? We can then obviously design various and, and a range of bespoke courses. Plus also what we can do is with things like the Construction Industry Training Board Site Safety Plus courses that exist, yes, you've got to run them, okay, to the scheme of work and all, and all the learning outcomes and aims and objectives of those courses require, but what you can do is embed items in them. So example being, if we're doing something with Bow for BT, then why talk about method statements, risk assessments, permit to works, and do it generically? What we can actually do is embed the risk assessment, method statement, permit to work systems that Balfour's use, embed them in the course. So we're actually live teaching people, if you like, with the tools they're going to be using back in the workplace. You then look at plant operators. Again, you know, people will come to us and say, right, we're just about to invest in X, Y, and Z. We want to have the human form recognition camera systems on. Can you please embed that in your novice plant operator courses? So when we get the operator, they're already attuned and familiar with that equipment. We've also worked, okay, on the second side of it. If it's not client-led, also quite often there'll be an idea where we all sit around the table, and this is clients, contractors, third parties, including the health and safety executive, where we've got various working groups, and we'll say, hang on a minute, this isn't working in industry. Why is it not working? Right, what can we do about that? And that is really from a viewpoint of what works for us, like you say, as contractors, rather than viewing it as a, a commercial model like you know some training providers would do, where we can look and go, actually, here's the problem. This can easily be solved. Yes, it takes a bit of willpower, but look, let's come up with the learning outcomes, aims and objectives. Let's look at cost as a secondary driver for this. Get everybody in. We'll pilot some courses. So we've got some really good success over the last couple of years, particularly with what's called the Compliance Plus Standard on HS2. So that is if an operator wants to be placed on the BBV section, it doesn't matter if they've got a CPCS, an MPORS card, whatever that may be, they wanted to have an independent assessment. So we take somebody, we carry out an independent theoretical and practical assessment of their operating ability before they can achieve the Compliance Plus Standard. That way then, those contractors know that that operator has been independently assured and verified before placing them to work on their site. And funny enough now, we're getting multiple contractors around the UK coming and saying, right, how can we have a compliance plus model for our business? Because we want that assurance and, and quality mark 
before we place operators out. Then, if you work with people like the Department for Education and the Construction Industry Training Board, which we very actively do, with things like the Skills Boot Camp, we can say, right, where are the skills shortages? Right, we're going to have a two-week plant offer. And actually, what we want to do is 10 days novice training for a 360 operator, or we might do a course combination. So five days on a telescopic handler, five days on an ag agricultural tractor. Well, what do we want built into that? We don't just want to do the aims, objectives, and learning outcomes for those specific machine types. Can we embed things like we do, such as eco-operator? So as part of that delivery, we discuss idling time, yeah, how we can reduce idling time, the benefits of sustainability, fuel savings, etc. We then worked with the warden organisations such as NOCN to say, right, can we have that now as a site-right approved course? We can embed that then, and that site-right approved course actually shows up now on the competency card system they own, which is CPCS. Again, we've gone to the GPS manufacturers. We're just helping at the minute Topcon get their course approved. We're also working with Trimble to get their course approved. So again, people are getting all this additional added value delivery in with the courses we want. Why? Because ultimately, clients or industry, or there's an industry issue that we're trying to solve, and by putting that all together, collaborating, we can deliver learning outcomes that people require to move forward. I think just, just to pick up on that point of compliance plus, I think from my personal perspective, one of the areas that's been super beneficial in the hub has been the EUSR service avoidance training that, that we've picked up. There's a facility there to actually really put people through their paces, actually designed to have the sorts of environments that they'll come into contact with while they're actually out work on our projects and um, it's certainly something that we've adopted in various parts of Alpha BT. We've seen big improvements on our service avoidance um, particularly in our in our living places business but also uh, in our highways business as well where we've been upskilling our engineers and um, that's really for me one of the real benefits of this facility is this, this kind of compliance plus concept. Just picking up on that Steve, the facility we have it, it's not a series of classrooms it's all about practical tr supervised practical training in the field in a very bespoke environment a safe environment and the underground utility detection course we have an area of the facility that has live cables underneath the ground we detect we excavate around them and we do the we you know we, we work around those service services in a safe in a safe manner before people are let let loose on uh, on live projects so it's all about practical training using the best modern digitally enabled kit to ensure that we get the most competent professional safe operators and supervisors and hence the compliance plus because we go a bit beyond the standard if you like to provide our projects whether they be highways projects or or, or hs2s of, of, of this world with with people who have um, a bit more than the basic and know a bit more than the basic and hence the compliance plus piece that, that Stephen and, and uh, Aaron were talking about. But uh, yeah, very much, very much a practical facility that balances a bit of classroom with a lot of practical experience in a safe environment. So, uh, so yeah, we need space. <laughs> we need space to, to provide the services. And, and that's often one of the constraints when you're looking at expanding the skills hub agenda across different geographies, these finding facilities that have got, you know, 10 acres of, uh, of land that we can dig up in a safe environment. What strikes me, Andy, is the feedback we often get from people that attend yeah. that have been doing a, a role for, for many, many years and they attend the course and, and they realise that actually there was quite a few gaps in their knowledge. 
they come away having spent a day there or however long that the course may run and realize you know that they've uh, they've really been missing out and not been able to, to deliver to the the level that they can now so uh, you know massive positives come out of that a great initiative and something upskilling our present and future generations detailed this week on highways voices with andy ormerod md of balfour bt's asset and technology solutions business aaron davis head of skills and training for flannery plant hire and steve crofts balfour bt health safety and environment director highways voices the podcast from highwaysnews.com highwaysnews.com Before we go, just time to return to Adrian, who's going to tip his hat to someone or some people doing amazing things in our industry. It's time for Adrian's Accolade. My accolade this week goes to the team led by Kia Highways in Northamptonshire. Pupils at the Stimson Avenue Academy in Northampton have returned from their half-time holidays to a transformed garden space, courtesy of Kia, West Northamptonshire Council Highways Providers. School first approached Kia and its partners regarding safety concerns over the space, such as its cordoned off disused pond and overgrown vegetation, seeking help to return the space to its former glory. Kia was joined by Bridge and Highways Maintenance Limited and five of its fellow supply chain partners, which spent three months building the garden and designing the space and receiving donations to bring their vision to life. We're the winners of my accolade this week. And that'll do it for this week's Highways Voices. Great to hear the lengths companies are going to upskill our staff and inspire people into our industry. Next week, we'll hopefully have a chance to look ahead to the biggest event in the UK calendar when it comes to highways and transport. That's Highways UK. We'll find out how you can get involved. So we'll chat again next week. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry. 